Hello, my name's Ian Forth and welcome to Sombrero Fallout, where we listen to alternative music through the filter of intriguing themes. Welcome to Sombrero Fallout, where we're going to continue with another of our occasional interview episodes. I am delighted to say that on today's programme, our guest stroke co-host is Terry Edwards. You may well know him already, but if you don't, I'll just give you a bit of background information. He's an English musician who plays trumpet, flugelhorn, saxophones, guitar and keyboards. Having gained a degree in music from the University of East Anglia in 1982, <clears throat> he was also there a founding member of the Higsons, out of which the fast show comedian Charlie Higson eventually emerged. He has performed and released records both as a solo artist and with the bands Gallon Drunk, with whom he was probably most associated, The Scapegoats, then Matlock and the Philistines and PJ Harvey. But as a session musician, the easier question to ask is, who hasn't Terry appeared with? Here's just a few. Madness, Tindersticks, with whom Terry will be appearing on a tour later, hopefully, in 2022. Spiritualized, Susie of Susie and the Banshees, The Creatures, Nick Cave, The Jesus and Mary Chain, Department S, Lydia Lunch, Faust, Snuff, Tom Waits, The Blockheads, Hot Chip, Robin Hitchcock. We'll be hearing from one or two, maybe more, of these artists during the course of the programme. And more recently, he's been performing with the David Bowie supergroup Holy Holy with Tony Visconti, Woody Woodbansey and Glenn Gregory of Heaven 17. Well, with that CV, it was obviously an honour to talk to Terry. Uh, we did it via Zoom a few weeks ago. Uh, me, 12,000 miles from him, me in Melbourne, him in London, uh, and occasionally our levels due to my technical shortcomings were a little bit off, but I've done my best. And uh, it's, it's all fine. Just, uh, just manage your expectations it's just a, a wee bit. And we started off with me asking Terry, <clears throat> how did his love for music first develop? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I started, um, chronologically it doesn't make sense because the saxophone was one of the last things I took up. I started okay. playing the piano, um, then the trumpet at school when I was 11, then the guitar because I wanted to be a pop star, of course. And um, then I threw a, one or two people who were going to hear uh, through the course of the programme. Um, I got really interested in, um, in saxophone. Uh, Davey Kane from Ian Jury and the Blockheads Band was instrumental in me wanting to play sax, um, as was uh, the Earl Bostick, who we're going to hear. Um, I just loved that, that throaty sound. It wasn't jazz that sort of turned me onto the saxophone. It really was more rhythm and blues and, um, well, pop music of the time in the 70s. The, the sax had suddenly became more important once the once heavy rock guitars had uh, established themselves, sax. And, and looking back to the 50s, there was a lot of things in those, in those glam bands like Wizard and everything, the saxophones were very rock and roll based. And I, I think it's David Bowie's background as well, you know, listening to things like that. 
And I got this album um, when I had a record token for a birthday at some point when I was 14, 15 or something. And um, it just looked interesting. <laughs> and, and I wasn't playing a saxophone at the time, I was playing the trumpet. I just thought, oh, maybe I should get into some jazzy things. And I, bought, I got this record and it had um, uh, 10 of his hits on it, so really quite well-known tunes. And he did basically just play the melodies really loud and hard and didn't really extemporize around it, just sort of cut to the chase. And Flamingo is one of those tunes and it has this wonderful growling sound on it. Flamingo by Earl Bostick. Not the type of tune we hear that often on Sombrero Fallout, but none the worse for that. My conversation with Terry then turned to the subject of John Cale. I used to hunt through the market in Romford Market, all the record stalls and things for various records after I'd had my piano lesson on a Saturday morning. <laughs> and um, I would, uh, and I suddenly found there was there was Slow Dazzle and it was slightly more expensive than any other record. There was a 
we're talking in the matter of pence, but they made that made a lot of yeah. in those days. You know, between getting an album for two ninety nine and two seventy nine, you know that that was uh, yeah that was fish and chips. You know, <laughs> but um, anyway, so I found this found this record, and there were you know Eno was on it and Phil Manzanera, and I hadn't been a big Roxy head at all, and, that, and I was just. Um, learning a lot about music through this one thing and it was heartbreak hotel john cale's version that just was just so thoroughly amazing i think it's possibly the only um the only sort of cover which doesn't affect how much you love the original you don't you can't yeah. i don't prefer john cale's heartbreak hotel over elvis presley's i think they're both brilliant yes. <laughs> but i think it made me i realized sort of in retrospect that um this is what made me do, uh, what, what makes me, I think, quite interesting when I do cover versions, <laughs> because uh, I, I think that's a blueprint for how you should do it. Yeah. You, know, so you, you do it with respect, you do something differently. Uh, and, and then I discovered the Velvet Underground after I discovered John Cale, if did it the wrong way around. <laughs> yes, I wonder if as the years gone by, the real sort of connoisseur uh, is the John Cale fan rather than the Lou Reed fan. Not, not that it's a competition, of course, but um, uh, I think perhaps a more interesting body of work in some ways. I, I would agree, yeah. For me, anyway. I'd, I'd, yeah. Right, okay, well, let's hear it. Um, Heartbreak Hotel by John Cale.
<laughs> well, um, I can actually just put a little footnote in here, which I've just remembered, is that the uh, the drummer on um, a couple of those John Cale albums for Ireland was Timmy Donald, I think that's right, from a Scottish band who, who were on Apple very briefly. Okay. Um, called, they were called White Trash. Um, then the BBC said they wouldn't play a record by a band called White Trash, so they just called themselves Trash. Um, anyway, uh, but Tim, Timmy Donald was the drummer in that, and then he was, uh, the Apple connection is with Sombrero Fallout, because they were, Zapple was meant to do a Richard Broutigan spoken word album. Right, so okay. I just, I just thought that would be a nice little nod, nice little footnote. I'm, Thank I'm you. Sad that I do these kind of things. <laughs> no, it's not sad at all. You, you were telling me actually, I think, in one of a little bit of our correspondence, that you'd just been getting into Richard Broughton lately. Was that true? I had, yes, and it was just a lovely um, bit of synchronicity that uh, yeah. we got in touch with each other over, you know, just as I was interested in that. So there you go. I thought I'd, I thought I'd mention. Oh, that's lovely. Thank, thank you for that. Um, now, on to, I think, a, a band that's the first band of the evening that you yourself featured in, Terry. Indeed, yes. Um, well, I'm just tying it together with cover versions, as we mentioned before, listening to John Cale. Um, but uh, actually, the, the Near Jazz Experience, or I'll say NJE from now on, because okay. levels, um, we just started up in my local boozer in about just over 10 years ago when the, the governor of the pub, was a little bit of a fan actually when I walked in he thought wow, wow if you want to do anything come on oh brilliant and I, and nice. uh, so we started a, a semi-regular evening of just um of just improvised music and the idea for me was that we would um not rehearse not do standards uh jazz standards or anything just come in and play not not um not too difficult to follow kind of stuff. It has a beat and a, and a key, you know, and we just improvise over things like that. Similar to a band called The Bays, who I don't know if you were aware yes, of. Yes, The Bays yeah. had several sessions on John Peel, didn't they? And I think what's yeah. next to that, they never rehearsed. Was that their, yes. that was their shtick? And it was a similar idea, you know, because everyone in those bands, because the drummer's um, Andy Gangadine, isn't he, in The Bays, who just yeah. incredible people who do, who do session things like, like I do, Mark, of course, is, plays in Madness, so he has this, um, you know, a, a very straight, in a sense, day job, you know, very straightforward day job. And we, I just like the idea that you just get a couple of mates together, you play something. We're, we're at an age where you're not looking to be the next big thing or anything. Yeah. You could just enjoy the music, put the instrument back in its case and go home.
Near Jazz Experience and Voodoo Child. We're now going to go back in time to the dawn of uh, Terry's illustrious career, to his very first band, I, I believe, although he may have had one at school, his university band, The Higsons. Uh, tell us a bit more about the legendary, I think it's fair to say, Higsons, Terry. We all went to University of East Anglia in Norwich. Um, a couple of the guys, like Charlie Higson, uh, is a couple of years older than Simon and myself. Um, and the bass player was in the same year as Simon and me, but he was a mature student, so Colin is six years older. So, and he'd okay. been in, he's from Liverpool, and he'd been in an early incarnation of Wah Heat. Oh, okay. He, he was sort of plugged into that Liverpool scene of the Teardrop Explodes and yeah. and what and everything do records um, yes yeah so so he'd, he'd seen some some action simon is the roughly the same age as me and we both took a year between school and university which wasn't terribly common in those days it became more common through the 80s to find yourself in thailand or something but um yes no we just i think neither of us really wanted to go to university and we wanted <laughs> to play music um i just sort of um fumbled around in in hornchurch and didn't get very far Simon was on tour with the Alex Harvey band in his oh, wow. school in university. So he was playing with Alex Harvey at the end. Oh, no, that wouldn't have been a quiet experience. They, they, they had a reputation, didn't they, the Alex Harvey band? Uh, yeah, well, Simon always says Alex Harvey taught me how to drink. Gosh, um, yes. <laughs> which must have been a trial by fire. Indeed. Um, composition was my main study. And my right. composition lecturer was actually New Zealand-born composer called Dennis Smalley and he was very very helpful and <laughs> constructive and uh, when when it came to he said really most of your music is done with this band and I think you should include one of your records in your portfolio right. of your degree that's and conspiracy was the was the one that had just come out and so I just had to list what I'd played on the on the record and the b-side I wonder what the examiners made of that. <clears throat> well, I think, <laughs> yeah, well, I got the beer drinker's degree of a 2-2. Two, two, so, um, <laughs> and, and, in, and in the band, and shortly after leaving university, we got a deal with Two-Tone Records. So, you yes. know, that's... <laughs> not bad, not <laughs> bad. Managed to, yeah. <clears throat> managed to keep the plates in the air long enough to, to keep both bits of my career going there. Yes, um, you've yeah, got Conspiracy it. was an important record to me at this time. This is mid-81, I think. 81 into 82. Yeah. Okay, let's hear it now. Conspiracy by the Higsons. <laughs> Oh, 
So that was uh, Conspiracy by the Higsons, number 47 in the 1982 Festive 50, which uh, <laughs> possibly even Terry's forgotten. Now, uh, we're re-recording this section because um, Galump behind the microphone forgot to press record. So just going to ask uh, Terry to, 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 to rise up and try and remember some of the excellent material we had leading into the next track. Over to you, Terry. <laughs> Oh, at my age, you want me to remember what I said three minutes ago? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I didn't have any idea who Robin Hitchcock was until somebody told me that he'd written a song called Listening to the Hicksons. So I was ignorant of the soft boys um, and, and I guess he, he hadn't quite become Robin and the Egyptians at this point. I think after the soft boys, he went very studio based. So he wasn't out and about on the surface. Mm. Anyway, he'd written this song about our band and um, I thought it was uh, just a lovely thing to to have done even though it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek and a little bit um, a little bit envious of the amount of airplay that John Peel was always giving us <laughs> so, uh, so yeah the opening line is um, Lucifer in Frognal which is an area of North London uh, listening to the Higsons and it's Robin told me it's about the devil being in a bedsit in Frognal and all he's got is this steam-driven radio which doesn't work properly and you've got distorted versions of the Higson songs coming through it all the time at you. Um, and I'm, but, I'm, uh, no, I'm all about to point out that in, a, in another universe in the multiverse uh, somewhere that is exactly what's happening uh, right now as a universe which is playing 24-7 Higson songs which I think we can all agree would be a universe we'd love to inhabit. Well, I think you've probably got about four or five hours of material, so it'd be on pretty heavy rotation. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you go on to tour with Robin later? Uh, yes, indeed. And also I got to know the, the Soft Boys Underwater Moonlight. And in fact, we have actually played the whole Underwater Moonlight album with him at Glastonbury alongside Clear Spot. We did after Beefheart died, Robin said, oh, wow. Why isn't anyone doing anything, you know? And yeah. so um, a group, Stephen Irving, who was the drummer with Lloyd Cole and the Commotions, um, Jen or Jennifer was on cello, Paul Noble, who's got quite a good um, CV as well, was playing bass on, on this, uh, Robin and myself. And we learnt all of Clear Spot. Not an easy task. <laughs> so, so we taught that, you know. Incredible. <clears throat> um, but also I, toured, I did one tour in America with him, which is documented on I Often Dream of Trains in New York. Um, mm -hmm. A few dates there. And we did one on the West Coast where Dave Rawlings and Gillian Welsh came along to see us. And right. um, because joined in the encores at the end and everything. And we, we went for a meal afterwards. And um, Robin introduced me and said, this is Terry. He was in the Higsons. And Dave Rawlings said, the Higsons? Was, was that a band? I always thought since we are hideously noisy neighbours that really annoyed you. That's funny. Uh, which I guess, in a sense, we were. We were, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. 
that's really good. Um, okay, let's uh, let's listen to listening to the Higsons by Robin Hitchcock one. to the Higsons and why wouldn't you uh, Robin Hitchcock now as uh, Terry has pointed out to our knowledge we have never knowingly played uh, a member of the Beatles or the Beatles on sombrero fallout up till now uh, so <laughs> an episode 90 something we're going to break our duck I actually really love the Beatles it's just not necessarily always you know a sombrero fallout vibe but uh, you can dissuade us and tell us why it should, uh, should take pride of place, Terry. Take up the story. Well, uh, there isn't a direct connection apart from me really liking George Harrison. <laughs> I just thought that um, <clears throat> I, I just thought it'd be nice to have something which was a, a formative um, influence on on me, really. And it's not until you sort of go back. I, I don't know about you, but you listen to things. I've listened to things relentlessly as a, as a teenager and I think oh, in this yeah. um, I, I know that people roll their eyes when they hear this before the internet things, mm -hmm. but of course you could just buy your record and play it and you didn't have any more money to buy loads of them and you could listen to 
the radio 24 hours a day, even if they were playing interesting stuff. Um, and so one of the things that I did listen to a lot was Beatles and George Harrison things, and that's how I learned and probably and mislearned a lot of songs and got chords wrong and things. That was, it, George, uh, George and the Beatles were part of my learning process and kind of got me to where I am today. And I know that better now than I did back then. Okay. Because when I listen, when I listen through to the records, I just realise now how well produced those things are. And you just take it for granted that records were well produced because there wasn't so much of an indie label thing like post-punk rock when, yeah, four guys went in the studio. You only had three hours to put your stuff down. So you didn't double track things. You didn't make things bigger than they were or have the time to, um, to concentrate on the way that you would put a record together. And now I listen to some of those things and think, that there's a reason why I listen to them again and again. It's because they're clever. Again, actually going back to the Elvis Presley Heartbreak Hotel, there's an instrument added on every chorus.
making their uh, long-awaited debut on Sombrero Fallout, the former Beatle, George Harrison, with Give Me Love, brackets, Give Me Peace on Earth. Two minutes of um, distilled discipline and brilliance there. Now, um, Terry, Pinko yes. Fowler uh, brokered our deal and introduced us, for which, um, for which I'm uh, eternally grateful. And he chose a Jesus and Mary cha train track when he came on Sombrero Fallout. And I see that you have too, so uh, tell us about that. Okay, um, I'm a big fan. I really, uh, they're just amazing songwriters and they, they do that thing of doing simple, you know, and, and toning everything down, dripping it right the way down. The way that Tom Waits has done in his career from going to, from 32 bar songs with loads and loads of chords and he's drawn everything right down to his gravelly voice and one chord. <laughs> and I think the Mary Chain just do that. They've got pop songs, in a sense, there's the Phil Spector ghost over everything, but it's actually the simplicity of what they do. And you just think, my God, why, why didn't I think of that? And the thing yeah. is, you're not disciplined enough to bring it down to where it should be. And um, I think Darklands is such a great record. Um, Automatic is one of my favorite albums ever, which is quite surprising because I think there's Drum Machine on most of it, which isn't really <laughs> particularly. But it's it's just really honed and clever. I don't like it because it's clever. I like it because it hits me in the gut and the heart. And um, and I did these covers of Mary Chain songs, my first solo EP under my own name. I'd always played with bands before, and um, <clears throat> even then I had to put a slightly jokey thing on it because I was a bit a bit worried about having Terry Edwards in big letters. So it was <laughs> Terry Edwards plays the music of Jim and William Reed. So it had a, a slightly tongue-in-cheek appearance, but um, but they loved it, and they bought a box of a, bo a box of my records to give to their mates, which I think is just lovely. <coughs> anyway, <coughs> excuse me. The time came when they wanted <coughs> some trumpet on a couple of tunes, and this is one of them. I love rock and roll. Oh, 
That was uh, Jesus and Mary Chain, who turn out not to be the intimidating characters I had in my mind when I saw them on stage, doused, doused in feedback and dark glasses. But according to Pinko Fowler and Terry, the nicest people on the planet, I love rock and roll by the Jesus and Mary Chain. Um, tell us a little bit about the next track, which is going to be Tom Waits, please, Terry. Yeah, um, Walking Spanish by Tom Waits from Rain Dogs. Um, when, when my brain goes to um, nothing and is nice and silent, I will suddenly get, he got himself a homemade special. Just pop in from nowhere. It's my earworm. It's my uninvited earworm, but it's a very welcome uninvited earworm. And, um, and yeah, Walking Spanish from Rain Dogs. Rain Dogs was an album that I used to listen to a lot with Mark Bedford when we were in our post-Higson's, post-Madness band, Butterfield yeah. 8. Um, so that was quite influential there. And I have uh, actually gone on to work with uh, Mr. Waits on the Black Rider, the stage. Oh, have you really? Wow. The, the nearest we got to you, Ian, was Sydney Festival in 2006. <laughs> You've never, never been to Melbourne, so uh, I have been to Melbourne, yeah. Oh. The nearest he got to you with the Black Rider was there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, Tom wasn't in, in the production, but he took some rehearsals. So we worked on, on that. Mm. Well, you I mean, you're dealing with all the most sort of uh, scary characters I can imagine. Tom, Tom Waits does, again, like Jesus and Mary Chain, to me from a distance looks somewhat intimidating. No doubt you're about to tell me he's a pussycat. <laughs> um, he's very wary of strangers. So the first time you meet him, you sort of you get um, you get the character. But he's uh, he's interesting, and he does spin. Um, you you can't quite make out if he is telling the truth to you or not, because he just he's such a great storyteller. So oh, okay. He could be telling, yeah. could be telling you a, a domestic truth, or he could just be pulling your leg. <laughs> <laughs> Either way. Very good company, and I'm delighted by the fact that the second time he met me, he said, hey, Terry, how are you? I don't care if you look my name up five minutes before, but there we go. That's marvellous. OK, let's hear him now. That's um, Walking Spanish by Tom Waits. He got himself a homemade special. You know his glass is full of sand. And it feels just like a jaybird. The way it fits into his hand. He rode a blade up in his trick tower. They slapped their hands against the wall. You never trip, you never stumble. He's walking Spanish down the hall. Slip him a picture of our Jesus. Or give him a spoon to dig a hole. But all it done ain't no one's business. But any blankets for the cold. Him the light to on Broadway. Even the king is by his head. Never face looks right up at Mason. He's walking Spanish down the hall. Lutella's screeching for a blind pig. Punk Sanders carved it out of wood. He never sang when he got hoodwinked. They tried it all, but he never would. Tomorrow morning there'll be laundry But he'll be somewhere else to hear the call Don't say goodbye, he's just leaving early He's walking Spanish down the hall 
whispers into the ear of blind jackdaws. All Baker told the machine, most daddy never broke the law. Go and tip your hat up to the pilot. Take off your watch, your rings and all. Even Jesus wanted just a little more time when he was walking Spanish down the hall. Well, the Higginsons were signed to Two Tone for two singles after our first three independent records, because uh, the the band actually, although they were imploding as we signed before the ink was dry on that on that contract, <laughs> um, the Fun Boy Three had been born. Um, but I know I met uh, I met Terry at the venue in Victoria. They'd come to see us play, and uh, so oh, thanks for saying that. I don't want to live with monkeys is your favourite record in Smash nice. Hits, whatever it was. And oh, right. okay. that was the end of that was the end of that conversation. But um, a couple of the other guys had met Jerry Dammers at a party in Bristol, and he said how much he loved that record, and that opened up the door to us getting on Two Tone. So we duly did our couple of singles on Two on Two Tone, and um, at the time when we were on the label, the, they were releasing singles from in the studio, the third specials album. Then there's this wonderfully tongue-in-cheek, what I like most about you is your girlfriend, <laughs> which yeah, Terry does the lead, lead vocal on. And it's a, there's a fantastic video for it. It's probably on YouTube, of, you know, him in a space hat and all these things. Oh, well, I'll see if I can find it and put it up on our Friends of Sombrero for that site. That'll, that'll be worth seeing. Yeah, I, I think, it, think it is. But, you know, what? fast forward so many years and Jerry had started his Sun Ra appreciation um, band called the Spatial AKA and uh, we and I played baritone sax and guitar with him it was a 25 piece band just a massive thing with some great jazz players and two drummers two bass players acoustic and electric just, oh, just big and the, the stage was all dressed and everything with spaceships and uh, and mannequins and so on and so forth we all had to wear very Sun Ra orchestra kind yeah, of yeah right I mean I'm right. immediately thinking of the cost of an enterprise like that it must have been ruinous surely uh, yes well quite yeah <laughs> and uh, <laughs> hence we've only done sort of one major UK tour we've been to Paris and um, nice and all this is many years back now you know so right it's, yeah it's a little bit mothballed, unfortunately. There are a few things on, on his site as well. You might be able to find some links to, to show people on the Sombrero Fallout website as well. But yeah. um, I, I love what Jerry does, and it's and uh, whatever he does next is going to be bigger and weirder, I hope. Yeah. He's, um, last, time, last time I spoke to him about this, he wanted to, he was really getting into the harp. He loved Alice Coltrane, and uh, so he wanted to get four harpists in. I was just thinking, Aside from just like four more wages, that's another, that's a lot of real estate to carry around on the road with you for arms. But he just, he, he hears these things in his head and he just wants to go ahead and do them and he picks his 
musicians carefully and the way that he put plans all these things and it's it's an there's a big mind going on there and it's really yeah. great and I, and I also there's a sense of humor about it as well there's yeah. some self-effacing stuff and there's a lot of humor in this track so um mm -hmm. this is a this is a sort of a nod to two-tone a nod to jerry um i did go and see the specials the other day and i've done a bit of recording with horace the, the original bass player from the specials and, yeah uh, and it's on i think it's a great shame that it that it seems that um they won't be able to work together um but that's something else you know there's nothing we have any control over maybe it's a just meant to not to be. <laughs> Oh, 
again, not being the coolest guy in school, I didn't really know about Iggy and the Stooges until punk rock happened. <laughs> and I was a huge Damned fan. And there was an interview in one of the Inkies and each of the four members of the band had their questionnaire of not exactly what's your favourite colour, but uh, that kind of thing. And then what's your favourite album? And I think all four of them said Raw Power by Iggy and the Stooges. So I the had to go um, so I, <clears throat> so yeah, that album just became really a go-to record to play all, all the time. Absolutely loved it. Just Iggy is, I've seen him so many times and just really love that. No, I'm, I chose a, a tune that probably wouldn't be, have been played by any of your previous guests and, um, you know, not one of the obvious ones. Um, this is Wild America, which... Yeah. Uh, the Iggy's solo career is, I guess, even as a huge fan, one could say patchy. Mm. <laughs> and, um, but this is a bit where he's, I've noticed the thing that <clears throat> he was doing, he was looking back on his past a lot, like growing up in a trailer camp, growing up with, in uh, a car manufacturing city and that sort of thing. So Cold Metal is a an album sorry, Instinct was the album. Cold Metal was the, the track that was about him growing up. Even Dum Dum Boys was about the Stooges and from The Idiot, you know, so he, yes. he, does, he does look back on things and, and Wild America is one of, the, one of those tracks that does look back at, at the Americanness of where he comes from. <laughs>
And Wild America, as, as Terry says, not a track you hear every day, but perhaps it should be. Um, brilliant stuff from, from you there. Okay, we've, we've come, sadly, to the end of our time together. It's been wonderful having the opportunity uh, to speak with an almost Zelig-like character, <laughs> if I can put it that way, who's connected to or played with all the uh, big boys, but all the big girls as well, and some of the more minor players um, who I'm you know, just as familiar with as I'm sure a lot of our Sombrero Fallout listeners are. And um, I'll see if I can put up on our Friends of Sombrero Fallout site some of the uh, music that um, Terry's played. I had a, a look on um, 
you know, Wikipedia and so on. There's a on there's something called the very best of very Terry Edwards, which stretches mm -hmm. to 60 tracks. And even when you get to track 58, and for the first time you come across Darren Heyman and the secondary model. And Darren Heyman, who is in Hefner, is a, is a great favorite of mine. That's when you get to track 58. So you know that there's an awful lot of quality material there. So thank you so much, Terry, for joining us on Sombrero Fallout today. Perhaps uh, we could, thank you. And uh, perhaps we could just hear a little bit about what you're up to at the moment. Well, I was gonna mention the uh, Very Terry Edwards album because um, last year being the year that never happened, that was when I turned 60 and I'd put together this three CD, 60 track album, going right back to being in a youth orchestra in Havering. My, my first London appearance was at the Royal Albert Hall with the Havering Youth Orchestra. <laughs> uh, all of things that were done, recorded just before the shutters came down here in uh, March, 2020. So of course I put all my, uh, my love into this, this record that I then couldn't promote. <laughs> but, uh, that is a good place to start if you want to just see some of the certainly more of the um the indie stuff because uh frankly i don't think i had the time or the energy to go to some of the major players to say can i license a julian Cope track or a yeah. jay Hartley track or something mm -hmm. uh, you won't understand this i'm only making a thousand records it won't make us any money and yeah you know and you can you can find those tracks those are easier to find Whereas some of the other ones aren't so easy to find, and there was there was a couple of BBC sessions on there. So that was my birthday present to myself. Was that? And, uh, and it is a, a big overview of of what I've done. You can have a listen on Bandcamp and that sort of thing. Yeah. So um, I was actually going to be doing a, a a concert for Daylight Music, which is an organisation in the UK based well London, um, where on a Saturday lunchtime all manner of rather wonderful music for a couple of hours happens. And I've often gone not knowing, not even bothering to look to uh, who was go going to be on it because you just know it's going to be interesting. Yeah. The chap who runs that, Ben Eshamade, asked me to curate one for my 60th birthday. This has now been kicked into this year. So you were asking me what I was up to. This is happening in November in London. I'm curating a daylight music as part of the London Jazz Festival. Okay, so, right. Um, <clears throat> so that's going to be interesting mm. with um, with the Neo Jazz experience with Jem Moore from Serious Drinking and the Scapegoats doing his reading of Shelley's Mask of Anarchy. Okay. And, um, yes, we've played Serious Drinking's Love on the Terraces in a in a football episode in the past. I did notice that in your in your playlist. <laughs> so that's one of the things I'm up to. <clears throat> I'm also um, doing a spaghetti western themed concert well three concerts that's also in November I'm doing a handful of gigs with Alexis Taylor from Hot Chip just us as a duo oh okay yeah and George Harrison may well be involved there <laughs> uh, just playing songs that we like you know and uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah it's quite funny you see a poster that says Alexis Taylor from Hot Chip, Terry Edwards from Gallon Drunk and you're thinking if people are expecting that that's not quite what it's going to be with just two people, a piano and a guitar. But anyway, no, it's going it, so it's a, that's quite going to be quite interesting because it's not quite what we do, which is the whole point of collaborating with someone is to get a third thing out of it, not just be yeah. the two people. You have to have the, the third thing in there. So that's going to be good. And next year, if 
all, all things being equal, restrictions and the hideousness of Brexit, I'll be doing a, an anniversary tour with the Tindersticks in Europe April and May. Um, so that's, that's kind of what's on the cards. I know I've forgotten something. I always forget something. I'm producing some demos with a really good songwriter called Mark Hayward, who was in a band called The Dash. Uh, and you can find me and The Dash on the B side of a Darren Heyman single as well. So right, okay. Everything, everything sort of rolls along one way. Isn't it just yes, yeah. Um, and just looking at uh, yeah, what's what we can, what I can do. The wrong side of sixty in this brave new world that we're in. Well, your talents will never go out of style, uh, in in my opinion, Terry. And uh, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure, as I say, to to have you on Sombrero Four Hats. Thank you for that. And um, spending a bit of time with you this morning. Uh, you, you can start your day and I'll have to go and see if my dinner has been spoiled, but uh, it's been, it'll, it'll have been worthwhile if it has. So. Uh, thank you to Pinko. Yeah, for you can always just blame me, can't you? <laughs> just like that. That's Harry Edwards, he just wouldn't stop talking. I know. Well, you know what it's like with musical icons. Um, okay, Terry, thanks very much. Uh, in, enjoy the rest of your day and I'll let you know in a few weeks when I've uh, edited it and, and put, it, put it up on air. Thanks, Ian. Okay. Cheers, Terry. Cheers.